the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Super excited about the Queen movie coming out. Not really, but I hear it's great performance by Remy Malik as Freddie Mercury. And instantly when I start thinking about Freddie Mercury, I start thinking about Sears. I know you're saying, really? Not really. I'm making that up. But another one bites the dust. Sears is preparing for bankruptcy as soon as this weekend. And it's kind of sad. In my hometown, not my hometown, but slightly north of my hometown, in San Mateo, there was a Sears. And uh, when they shut the store, it was kind of interesting. They took a wrecking ball and smashed the sign and left a big hole there. I'm like... Aren't you going to take the rest of it down and like, tear down the whole building? No, we're just going to use a wrecking ball once. So it's a struggling retailer. It's owned by hedge fund manager Eddie Lampert. Just to make you laugh, if you Google uh, Jim Cramer and Sears Holdings, he once referred to Sears Holdings as the next Berkshire Hathaway not that long ago. Lampert, for weeks, has been pushing a debt restructure proposal that would avoid a Chapter 11 filing. Is now focused on a deal that would preserve stakeholders' value in a court restructuring. He's put a lot of his own money into it. But debt is maturing, $134 million of debt. Now, debt's also maturing for Tesla. And a lot of people are selling Tesla short because they don't think they're going to be able to pull it off. Company's taken a number of steps Sears has to prepare for their filing, including adding to their board of directors. So short selling is kind of an interesting thought, isn't it? You're convinced some companies are going to fail. Keep in mind, we bought Pet Rocks and Invisible Dogs in the 90s. But FEMA Quidditors Fund initiated a position of short in July. Um... Betting against Valiant Pharmaceuticals around its peak in 2015 is is the claim to fame. Quadir is a 28-year-old founder who newly launched Safkeet Capital, and she initiated a small short position in Tesla in July because it needs to raise money through an equity or debt offering. So you have debt, and it's typically probably due every month in your mortgage or every month in your car payment. Companies sometimes have debt that balloons in two years, three years, maybe like your adjustable rate mortgage. Same kind of idea. And Tesla was supposed to have the cash flow to cover it or a share price that could kind of write it off easily. So it's going to be interesting. People are starting to, again, do the Civil War and pick sides. In hindsight, I'd go back and pick the North. It's like that you know, Amazon series, Man in the High Castle. You can't kind of go back and say Germany won because they didn't, but kind of interesting to see how things play out. Is it not? 
800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Stocks are down. There's a malaise. Malaise going on or malaise? Is it mayonnaise or mayonnaise? There's malaise going on right now. Dow down 200 points. Hasn't been the best week. And a lot of people look at that 10-year treasury and go, you're the, you're the problem at 3.22%. Go back down to 3%. Not going to happen. Apple's lower. Boo-hoo. Facebook's lower. Boo-hoo. Snap and McDonald's. And you get the idea that we can't sit here and cry over spilt milk. And we can't say this hasn't been a pretty good market because it has been. We're not always guaranteed to be at all-time highs. It would be nice where you could go to your neighbor and, hey, how's your stock portfolio doing all-time highs? How's yours doing? Same. Let's fist bump to that. Oil stocks are actually going lower because the price of oil is going lower. As Hurricane Michael is barreling down on Florida, and a lot of people think it's not going to knock off the oil industry. Um, lots going on right now. Because as I'm thinking about oil industry and hurricanes, I'm instantly thinking about Iran and Russia and Saudi Arabia getting together to supply more more oil in the market, trying not to be political about it, but trying to help uh, Trump, maybe, 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 maybe. So we've had a, a pretty rough sled in the market recently as things um, are focusing on the 10-year treasury and companies are starting to report earnings because that's really going to heat up on Friday, which looking at my calendar is just a couple days from now. So I know I'm kind of being goofy. The PPI report for September increased two-tenths of a percent. Not terribly inflationary, but there were some numbers in it that were more inflationary than not. Uh, tech stocks are continuing to struggle right now. That's probably the biggest story out there at this point. Um, Snap is quickly running out of money, and yet they're still going forward with scripted shows. And it makes you go, are, are they getting it? I don't know. I, don't, I think it's probably fair to say not. Microsoft may be relinquishing billions in Android patent royalties. Microsoft is announcing that it's made peace with the free world for its free and open software. Unlike Microsoft Windows, FOSS is made collaboratively by developers all over the world. Uh, Microsoft executives once decried FOSS as a cancer and intellectual property destroyer, declared war on FOSS, alleging that many of its most important commercial manifestations, the Linux operating system, OpenOffice, and later Google Android, infringed hundreds of its patents. So and Microsoft probably is saying that they gave up $2 billion plus a year from you know Android running smartphones. Are they doing the right thing by backing off? Um, or are they focusing on the future? Are they taking some resources out of their legal department <clears throat> so they can put it elsewhere? The Department of Justice has approved the CVS merger with Aetna, potentially changing how consumers access health care. The deal combines CVS pharmaceuticals with Aetna's insurance business, blurring traditional distinct lines in hopes of lowering costs. We all could kind of say that everyone in the process wants a piece, right? Whether it's your doctor, he wants a piece of the action. Or the pharmaceutical company wants a piece of the action, or the everyone in the healthcare industry has a, a desire to like extract something out of you for helping you. So CVS Health acquisition of Aetna is going to change things. CVS, the nation's largest drugstore, said in December that it would buy Aetna for sixty nine billion. It blurs a lot of lines. 
CVS is one of the largest pharmacy benefit managers through CVS Caremark and through a major Medicare D plan sponsor. <coughs> so Amazon, JP Morgan, and uh, Berkshire Hathaway launched their own initiative partnering with a joint venture to provide healthcare services to hundreds of thousands of employees. Amazon has bought its way into the prescription drug delivery business when it bought PillPack this summer. It's going to be an interesting 10, 20 years on healthcare. And if you look back at the last 10, 20 years, leaps and bounds forward. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to chat about, give me a call. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Bring on rising bond yields, some people say. Um, there's different ways to play different markets. This is a different market with the higher bond yields. If they continue to move higher, earnings season may not come fast enough. The stock market, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, snap. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Mumford and Sons, new newest hit. Hit? Can we even say hits anymore? Doesn't that feel incredibly old? I find it very melodic. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Dun, dun, dun. Big story coming. The average rate on a 30-year fixed sat at just below 4% one year ago today. No, too soon, too soon, too soon. It dropped to 3.5% in 2016. I got a mortgage at 3.25%. I am stoked because today it just crossed the 5% mark. Dun, 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 cue. More people think now is a good time to buy a home, though, according to monthly sentiment from Fannie Mae. More people also think mortgage rates will go up, get in now before they go higher. Higher mortgage rates could throw high cold water. Brr, do the cold bucket challenge. No, don't do it. Please don't bring that back. Don't bring back the ice bucket challenge. Anyhow, higher rates could throw water on high home prices as sellers see demand fall off and their houses sit on the market longer and longer and longer. Millennials are in their prime buying years, and they've used cheap credit. So they might be in for a rude awakening as mortgage rates jump. The average rate on a 30-year fixed loan sits at below 4% a year ago. But again, 5% now. First time in eight years. I've had a mortgage as high as, holy mackerel, um, 8% on a first and 11% on a second. I'm dating myself, Right. I love you, Rob. Do you want to go to a movie tonight? Yes, let's go to a movie tonight. Let's go see that new superhero one. I'm dating myself. I do sometimes look in the mirror and go, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble. 5% uh, mortgage rates. It's still historically cheap is what I'm trying to say, but higher rates than where we were a year or two years ago. And it could cause some potential buyers to pull back and go, whoa, I can't afford that square footage. 5% is an emotional level. People get weirded out and, and excited by round numbers. Will people run? While people, more people think now is a good time to buy a home, 
according to sentiment, more people also think mortgage rates are going to go higher. So the economy is coasting right now, but how long can it coast in perfection? Uh, there's kind of a complacency right now in the stock market and the economy. When is the turning point in the housing market? Have we seen it already? Have we seen it start to cool? Not necessarily go cold, but start to cool, going from hot to cool. Number of price cuts is rising quickly, signaling that sellers and their expectations are, in fact, coming down to earth. Prices are unlikely to fall aggressively on an annual basis. But we could start seeing a shrinkage of the growth to a neutral level and maybe even a shrinkage going forward. Higher rates take competition out of buying. That's all you need to know. Higher rates take competition out of buying. 800-516-1228 to get your calls on the air. One of the most important lessons I could ever teach you is learn to stay calm under pressure. I'm not always good at it, but I've gotten better at it. You don't want to get into a situation where you spiral because if you go positive, you can focus on what you can control. So super important in business that you learn to keep your cool. Did I mention the coming of the dawn of the end of the world? Frontier Airlines had to kick off a woman for her emotional support animal, which, you know, emotional support animals and service animals are super important in society, but not a squirrel. You can't bring an emotional support squirrel, rabbit, hedgehog, insect, reptile, or rodent onto a flight. Say what? And if you're doing that, there's something wrong with you. Okay, maybe I get emotional rabbit. With you. I do something maybe get wrong with you. I do like the emotional soft bunny rabbit. McDonald's is trying to become more tech savvy. And that's kind of crazy, right? Group of McDonald's franchise. I'm loving it. Uh, are talking about some of the good times ahead and they did a big interview and did some research and uh, gave it to analysts so that they can kind of see how they're trying to modernize their stores and strengthen digital presence. Do you ever go into a restaurant and go, do you have a password? Do you have a, what's your Wi-Fi? So um, it's interesting because the franchisees always have to deal with, you know, sales growth expectations, renovating stores, uh, demands from the, the mother company. But McDonald's has actually got a package put together called the Experience of the Future Initiative that they're sharing with franchisees to try to help some global leadership. They're trying to push more digital mobile pay, uh, which is now in 20,000 out of the 37,000 restaurants. Um, and it kind of makes sense, you know. When we went from a cash society to a credit card society to a, a swipe a phone kind of thing, kind of starts to make sense. So higher mortgage rates in the news today. McDonald's going more 21st century, which I think is a good sign for the future of the company. You could say, I don't eat there, but that's fine. The SEC is tightening the noose on some um, ICO-funded startups. So the whole BitChain, Bitcoin and BitChain, um, still very raw when you have the SEC you know, demanding new information, some new conversations on some of the um, ICOs, which sell typically what are called digital tokens for use later in the ecosystem so that you can build. Buyers pay for the token in cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin or Ether. You get to kind of think of an ICO as buying chips for use in a casino that hasn't been built yet. 
Um, and we started seeing just some crazy stuff a couple months ago with Bitcoin and Doggy Coin and Snoop Dogg Coin. And like, you're like, really? Is that a real one? Is Snoop Dogg Coin a real one? Because I, I want that one. Um, and that's where you start getting into trouble where an unregulated industry, a new industry is a disruptive. And how do you follow it? How do you police it? Uh, because you kind of need to know that. You know how I talked about higher interest rates? Um, housing stocks have started to fall because interest rates have moved up. Wall Street is considered a discounter of the future. So the fact that housing stocks are falling now is saying six months from now, there's going to be less demand. Think about that with your home price, buying and selling strategy. Bill Ackman revealed, revealed today that he's got $900 million bet on Starbucks. He sees shares doubling in the next three years. You know, Bill Ackman is right sometimes, wrong sometimes, and that's all I'm going to say. So I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, invested in more. Google unveiled a slew of new hardware products yesterday, including the latest smartphone, the Pixel 3. Now, I don't know. Don't you feel they're a little too late to the party? Or they're always going to be the low-cost alternative to Apple or something like that? And again, things can change. Sony was once a dominant tech company in the 1990s. Everyone had Sony Walkman. No one has one now. Despite numerous leaks in the weeks and months leading up to the announcement, Google still managed to pull out a couple surprises. In addition to the new Pixel 3 phones, you saw some Chrome OS-powered tablets, uh, Pixel Slate, a new Google Home with a screen called the Home Hub, which is something I want to talk about. The Home Hub, it's a screen, right? Um, and you can play music videos, you can shop on it. There's stuff you can do, right? Apple's Google has sold millions of voice-enabled speakers. Great Googly Moogly. And the Home Hub Smart Screen. Do you feel like... I don't know. I don't have one. Don't have one. I don't have the Amazon one. I don't have one. Google is the first company to roll out the screen-enabled home device. Amazon released its Echo Show in July. Lenovo got really good reviews for its smart display. Facebook introduced the portal on Monday. So as we move from voice-enabled speakers to voice-enabled screens, how do we convince ourselves that you know Google's the player or Amazon's the player or Apple's the player that we want to stick with? I bought a Bluetooth speaker, outdoor speaker from Vizio a couple of years ago, and then I'm like, eh. I don't really like going to the special Vizio app just to open it kind of thing. Consumers have stuck to voice-only devices so far, so the screen is is it going to be worth paying for. It's going to be a big question, and, and how much do you feel like you're a little stretched? I feel like I don't need the latest tech upgrade like I used to. I used to have to have it. Now, Google, for their part, and Facebook, for their part, have had some recent security issues. So the idea of putting a screen in my home scares me. Um, in case I'm walking around, how shall we say, oh, natural, I don't want it hacked. And you know it's only a matter of time, right? 
consumers have stuck to, again, voice only devices, even though we heard things like, is it listening to us or not? Was there, a mur- there was a murder and the police are going to ask Amazon if they have any of the audio. <laughs> I guess when you're getting murdered, you forget to say, hey, Alexa, call the police. Um, admittedly, it's harder and harder and harder today to, to, to say Google and Facebook are safe. So Google shows off a few use cases for that screen-based assistant. Home Hub owners can get hands-free recipe advice. Woo! Um, just in case you lose your hands in an industrial accident. Oh no, no! I guess you're cooking with your hands and you're preparing ingredients, and you don't have the you don't want to touch your cookbook and get it all gross and nasty. You don't want to touch your screen and smear it up. So you can get hands-free recipe advice. Now, are you going to pay four hundred dollars so you can get hands-free recipe advice? Huh. You can sync the device up with your Nest video doorbell to see who's at the door while they're preparing dinner. Huh. Okay. So you're preparing dinner and someone's at the front. Instead of pulling out your phone, you can pull out your... Is that going to be enough to make it sales? Hardware sales are small pieces of Google's uh, business model. But like Amazon, they see value in obtaining physical footholds in people's homes. Um, once you get in, it's tough to get out. You know, I bought Sonos speakers 10 years ago and I still am buying them because that idea of they're still working, they're awesome product. And I don't want to go invest in someone else's new wireless technology. So Gartner analyst Werner Gutz told Barron's via email, they surprised Google's first focused on recipes assistance when the, doing the home hub demo, given that Amazon's offered that capability for over a year. So it seems like a weird thing, according to the analysts. And it's just a physical reminder, according to him, that Google is late to the market and they're following almost literally. Um, I don't know. The home hub, not for me yet. For voice to really take off, consumers are going to need screen-based devices at affordable prices. And we're going to have to feel comfortable that the technology is not going to flip on us. It's a step in the right direction. Do I like it? Do I like the, I don't know if you ever saw Buck Rogers in the 21st century, the TV show back in the 1980s starring the ever so girdle wearing Gil Gerard. Um, wow. It's embarrassing when a man wears a girdle. It's embarrassing when a man wears a girdle and he's supposed to be a, a hero. Um, by the way, Queen's song of Flash Gordon, way better than anything Buck Rogers did. Because Buck Rogers had kind of like a ballad, far beyond the world. No, da, 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 da. Um, anyhow, and anyway, I'm digressing. But it was cool in the Buck Rogers era when Buck would walk into his, his apartment. He was a, a 1980s pilot who got lost in space and somehow comes back in the future. Uh, not dead. And he's like, whoa, you can see people on your phone. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. We're kind of getting there with the, the hub. But anyway, Google comes out with hardware. And again, I, I think we're done being excited with hardware reveals, even even maybe by Apple, even though they're still trying to push this on us as aggressively as they can. Uh, one of the cool things for Gmail that came out in the big update yesterday was Smart Compose, which helps people get their ideas out quicker. Um, Google's upcoming duplex technology unveiled in May that can call businesses on your behalf to make appointments. So they're really pushing machine learning. Now, again, do I really need a machine to call? Okay, I need a haircut. It's on 1322, right? Do I really need my, 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 my bot to do that for me? Or can I do it on my own? 
I will say I did call to get a car appointment this week after I forgot last week. So maybe I do need a bot. Oh no, robots gonna take over my life. We used to be afraid of China taking over the United States and Japan taking over the United States. Now, to be honest with you, we're worried about robots, right? But we're back to China. At one point in time, Japan was going to buy all the buildings in the United States. They bought the Seattle Mariners, and people freaked out. Uh, then we've seen the Chinese you know, buy a lot of real estate on the coastal markets in the last 10 years, a lot of real estate. And then we see the robots taking our jobs and calling for hair appointments and car appointments for us. Um, now we're in a situation where China's back in the one who's going to control America. Kind of that whole Netflix special, Man in the Castle. Not Netflix, excuse me, Amazon. The Amazon Prime, Man in the Castle by Philip K. Dick, where what happened if Germany won the World War? You know, uh, the West Coast would be dominated by Japan and the East Coast by New York. Don't want to spoil it for you. Spoiler alert. Um, but China's hitting out at President Trump today, accusing him of bullying over his aggressive tactics in the trade conflict between the two nations. One of the things I truly believe in is that Trump won't directly cause a recession. Um, he's a Republican. He wants to put policies in place that, that do more trade, that make more money, that does more business. Uh, in the end, he might shoot himself in the foot, but I don't think so. Um, but I do think there will be a lot of damage like this, where China says we're bullying. And if you know the Chinese premier gets on television and tells his people that the United States are bullies, it's not good. It's like, you know, Ronald Reagan, he was a very strong military president, but he probably fostered a lot of hate in people uh, towards the United States as some of their kids, you know, grew up without arms and legs and stuff. That's the thought, right? That sometimes the unintended consequences and um, the unyielding nation suffered foreign bullying for many times in history, but never succumbed to it, even in the most difficult condition. That's Commerce Minister Zhang Shan. The unyielding nation suffered foreign bullying for many times. Like, this isn't good. U.S. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said his department continues to monitor China's actions regarding its currency, the renminbi. And one of the things China could do is like, okay, we'll just, you know, print more currency, devalue our currency, and we'll just buy more of your stuff with, you know, uh, printed money. China doesn't want a trade war, but would rise up to it should it break out. You know, so far, the Trump administration, let's just do a quick tally, has tariffs on $250 billion of worth of Chinese goods. That affects 5,000 products. Trump says he's willing to go to 500, a colloquial term for placing tariffs on all U.S. imports from China. So, at, and I'm guilty of this. It was an empty threat. Now it's widely viewed as a genuine possibility. And Wall Street's focusing on this a little bit, but they're also focusing on the 10-year Treasury, and those are negatives. Trump, for his part, says we can't have a one-way street. Uh, we'll see. So we'll see how this goes. Uh, snap slides to a record low. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. I hope you don't own shares, because uh, they're a company that may run out of cash next year. And when that happens, a lot of people think your stock's going to zero. And that's never a good thing. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. 
Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I can't stand it anymore. Whoa. Frontier Airlines had to kick off a woman because she brought an emotional support animal on the plane. Was it a cute little dog now? I'm in a glass case of emotion. Was it a cat? No, it was a squirrel. A woman was kicked off a Frontier Airlines flight for bringing a squirrel onto the plane. Wow, 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 wow. Now, are you with me or against me? We should fire up the Darwinian Wood Shepherd the moment she gets off that plane and just throw her straight in and be done with it. We don't need that on the planet anymore. Frontier Airlines requires emotional support animals or ESAs to be either a dog or a cat. Does not allow unusual things like pelicans or exotic animals, including rabbits, hedgehogs, reptiles, rodents, insects. Rodents. It was a rat with a furry tail she brought on. Oh and I get emotional God. support animals that help people with disabilities like blindness uh, or hearing loss to service animals. Emotional animals help, you know, people with mental uh, disabilities that, that need calming. I get it. I'm not knocking it. Back to my world. Steve Case was um, an interesting guy I used to know from America Online. He basically owned it, right? Became very, very rich starting that company. You've got mail. When he was in college, he read a book that said a digital revolution was coming. It seemed ridiculous to him at the time. But now he's starting to talk about the next thing. And it may sound a little ridiculous. He left AOL in 2005. Since then, he's focused on driving what he calls the third wave of the internet through his venture capital firm, Revolution. The man owns a large chunk of Hawaii. He's betting on the companies outside of Silicon Valley to make it happen. He's calling it the rise of the rest. That doesn't necessarily sound great, does it? One of the things that he was really passionate about with those early days in the 80s and 90s and trying to basically make the Internet part of everyday life was leveling the playing field in terms of access to information. There was three basic TV networks when we all grew up, ABC, NBC, CBS. It wasn't until late in the 80s and early 90s that Fox really started to dig in as a network. So there wasn't a lot of diversity in voices. Now there is. And he's kind of going into that area of let's talk about everyone getting access to information, education, commerce, reviews. Now, what's interesting about it is as we've opened up the Internet to a lot more voices, it's companies like Amazon who says, oh, yeah, we'll do drug delivery. Oh, yeah, we'll do grocery delivery. So it's really coming down to a lack of voices again. Case talked about when he was a kid, he didn't know what an entrepreneur was. He didn't think he had heard of the word. Um, I think that's a little silly. But the idea of starting little businesses and trying to create new things, new possibilities is intriguing to everyone. I don't know one person who doesn't have a, a, a business idea. Somehow, some way, some shape, some form. I know someone who is passionate about clean cans. And I was like, what's clean cans? Go, okay, go ahead, tell me. They'll come to your house and clean your trash cans. Okay, I get it. There's a need for the trash that you put outside at the curb. I, I get it. They're filthy. But how much you want to pay for that? So Case grew up in Hawaii, and it was probably a pretty interesting place to grow up. I grew up overseas, so I have very different views than probably you do. Um, Hawaii is considered to be less risk-averse when you grow up and a little bit cautious. 
and there's this fearlessness that the sense of possibility that you know exists in places like Silicon Valley that doesn't necessarily exist in all parts of the country. So cases, you know, obviously the 1980s were good to him. He got into the internet. There was a 1979 book by Alvin Toffler called The Third Wave. In The Third Wave, he was uh, um, a, a big influence, acknowledging kind of, you know, critical roles that, you know, guiding thinking happens with agricultural revolution and other industrial revolutions and the technology revolution. So the digital revolution is what he's really trying to put in front of a lot of people. Do you remember those mailers that AOL used to send out? You get AOL 5.0 in the mail, free 30 days. In 1985, when AOL was started, there was only three people, three percent of the people were online, and they were online for an hour of a week. So it was more of a concept than a lifestyle. Now we're all online. Steve Case um, worked at Quantum Computer. And it shows you, like, whoa. Um, in 1985, the name Quantum Computer Services was the initial idea of you know where they were going to go. Do you remember Prodigy? So I like Steve Case, and I know some, some odd facts about him that I can't share on the radio because they're alleged. But let's just say there was some workplace drama. Um, but a smart guy. And he, he's, again, if you go Google Revolution Partners, Revolution... Uh, take a look at what they're talking about. Take a look at their publications. Uh, take a look at their, their downloadables. I was, you know, I used to love Dan Niles at Robertson Stevens, and uh, anytime he would publish any research, it was typically published on Robertson Stevens' website. Big mutual fund and company in the, the 90s that did really, really well with tech and information age type of stocks. So Steve Case is out there. Um, I think what he does is, is pretty cool. Um, all things considered, he's made his money and he stepped back and he's trying to figure out the next steps, which I think is also kind of a failed premise, right? Just because you were successful once doesn't mean you'll be successful a second time, especially when younger, smarter, faster comes out. But when he stepped down as CEO of AOL and he really went a different direction, the rise of the rest, that's one of his new projects that he's throwing around out there. Check it out. And um, again, try to find people in the industry that you can latch onto and say, maybe they can help. Or maybe they can give me some ideas. Now, again, you can watch Two and a Half Men with, you know, on, on TV tonight and laugh your heart out. But I like finding people who are putting their money in front of new ideas. So Revolution is the company that Steve Case is tied to. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.